This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Rocky Rockcliffe. Co-host Charles Cook uh, will be along, or maybe not. Uh, I think he's out there. It's uh, uh, maybe out there gardening. Who knows? Actually, I think he's stuck in court, which is uh, kind of a rarity for him these days, uh, time-wise. So I'm sure he's uh, sure he's having fun getting back to his roots as a lawyer, uh, running around the courtroom Perry Mason style. You should go to you should go to court one time with Chuck. At least it's, I bet I can walk in the courthouse and uh, within minutes know where he is. It's an interesting experience. It's a good, it's a good experience. Is he as loud in court as <laughs> oh, he is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just as loud and gregarious in court. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, how do the judges take that? Oh, they love this? him. Chuck's, Chuck's an old hand. Chuck's, Chuck's uh, been around this game for uh, for a couple decades now. They all yeah. know who he is. I mean, he was the president of AILA. Uh, you know, that's our kind of our trade association, the American Immigration Lawyers Association. He was president of AILA back before, I guess, it was cool to be president of AILA. And, uh, yeah, so everybody knows him. You know, he shows up and people start quaking in their boots. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's that extreme, but uh, definitely you, uh, you can tell uh, different uh, treatment for, you know, different strokes for different folks. Uh, the judges you mean you don't get the same treatment with uh, well, I, I, I do uh, because I, I'm riding, You told I'm me that they the, all got down on their knees and, <laughs> and bowed. I'm riding the coattails when it comes to because, ah. uh, uh, you know, I pull out that uh, Cook Immigration uh, Partners card and uh, – People, people like it, so you get a little bit better treatment. Um, so yeah, uh, David, how was your weekend? Did you uh, cook any this weekend? Pardon me. Did you cook any good meat? Oh yeah. Well, I, I always, uh, I, I must say, because of time, I that is one of my pleasures is uh, grilling and, and oh, uh, having a couple of beers, and uh, you know, it just it's a very relaxing time. I must say though that uh, I've been limited this year so far because of the pollen. It's just uh, oh, it's insane. It's uh, eating my sack lunch up, and I I'm yep. normally you know a few sneezes and a, a few uh, tears when it gets in my contacts, but this year has been just incredibly bad. Yeah, so it's been bad. I haven't I I haven't played out in with the grill as much as I normally would. Uh, spring is one of my favorite times because the temperature is Bearable. just right. <laughs> Except today, my God, going down to 36 or something tonight. Really? 30, no, oh, come to man. think of it, almost freezing tonight. Oh, so I'm, wow. I was, uh, yeah, I was glad that uh, I didn't get any uh, real gardening done. I, I would have hated to have planted. I, I came within an inch. In fact, I was at... At the HD and uh, was about to buy some plants, and then I thought, no, I better wait. It's uh, <laughs> Easter is coming, and you know, and so I, uh, I didn't. But uh, yeah, I had a, you know, it was a okay weekend. Okay. I, we we work a lot, as you know. And, we uh, do, we do. I get jealous when I see people's uh, they post on Facebook things. You know, they're uh, just cooked this grill. It was or just grilled this. It was marinating for twelve hours, and then I basted it with this and that and man that would be awesome to have like a 16 hour saturday where i could just grill some a what? meat a 16 hours on a saturday oh, with sorry. no work or anything and just oh, uh, really what i don't know what that that'd be awesome yeah well, wouldn't it <laughs> interns wanted uh, apply anytime apply now yeah and check out the new uh check out the new website america's web it's americaswebradio.com yeah by so, the way uh, you realize you can well host and other employee type people can't but uh 
If you're listening in and uh, need a hundred bucks, uh, you might have a chance to win. Hit up the website. All you have to do is go to the website, click on enter to uh, register here, and um, who knows? We will be selecting. A, we're getting a. Uh, well, I won't go there. But well, we, you can, we have yeah, a third party something. that will be. Uh, you could win something. Yeah. Who, who doesn't want a hundred bucks? Who doesn't want something cool? Everybody wants to win stuff. You know me, David. If it's free, sign me up and I'll take three. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's free. Though. Only if it's free. If it's free, it's me and I'll take three. How about uh, three immigration bills? Three immigration bills? I'd just like it if we had one, David. We, oh. don't, we don't need to have one. Well, I guess we do have the one that's passed the Senate last summer that is technically still languishing uh, between the uh, in the hallway between uh, – between the Senate and the House, but David, it's uh, I, man, it seems like every week that goes by, I was real, I was so optimistic last year, late last year, I was so, and even probably the first month or so this year, I was so optimistic. Just any day now, any day now, they're going to do it. They're going to get something done. The only way to get an immigration bill passed in in right now, or it may be any time, but particularly right now, would be. It's not, you know, you've heard of the carrot and all this, uh, waving a carrot. It ain't a carrot. It's green, and it's a lot of dollar bills. And if you put that in front (laughs) of our senators or our representatives and you say, not only will we give you lots of money, (laughs) but we'll also help you with your election and make you a lifeline. By the way, I, I miss this in the Constitution where it says if you're elected once, that means you're a lifetime member of Congress. I, I have I missed. It seems there? well. No, yeah, it's definitely uh, you got to face election, but you know the power of the incumbency. It's funny you mentioned the uh, hey, we'll help you with your reelection campaign, and it's 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 green, it's money, you know, because uh, I I was watching a show this weekend. Uh, it's an HBO show, Boardwalk Empire. Have you ever seen it? I'm sorry, it's, what? It's called Boardwalk Empire. No, and it's basically just making me think of that. I mean, it's uh, it's about the Prohibition era in uh, Atlantic City, the 20s, and just and it's about politicians and the graft. And it's it's so obvious when you're watching the show and people watching the show like, oh, I'm so – I have images in my head of people watching the show saying, oh, man, it was so corrupt back then. And I'm glad – I'm so glad that you know they can't get away with that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just – it's just more underhanded now. No, you don't have congressmen going up to other congressmen or lobbyists coming in with thick, fat envelopes of cash. That's way too obvious. That's what they were doing in the 20s. That's and old school. that's now what they're just... doing in Nevada with uh, the Bundy Ranch situation I mean, or the Bundy uh, land situation. What, with cash? Uh, it's Mr. Reed, one of your right. favorite people. Yes. Oh, definitely. And uh, his son, Roy, who yep. is the uh, – is a representative for a Chinese. Oh my gosh! And this isn't made up. This no. Is all, I, listen, I, I, he is a representative for a Chinese green company that uh, wants to put solar power on the property. Right. And guess who might make a dollar or two out of this? His dad. Yeah, his dad. Daddy. Daddy, the David, the what's senator. wrong with getting your dad a sweetheart deal because of yours and his political connections? What's wrong with that? I don't know. <laughs> it's like I told a, a good friend of mine yesterday. You know, I'm oh. at the point, I'm tired of fighting it. I, I think yeah. I'm ready to join it, you know, yeah. and just become as corrupt as I I don't see how these people no. sleep with themselves you or know, so after sleep. You, after you, know? you do it for so long, you just get in that mindset of uh, – it's just business as usual to them. They don't know how to operate any other way. I mean, you go if you go to if you go to Washington, you know, 
And I firmly believe that most people that go to Washington, first time elected and stuff, I believe that they do have some altruistic goals. And but in order to get anything done, you have to continually compromise. And eventually, you just your 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 the principled stance that you may or may have had is completely compromised. And and we end up with with. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think the word's compromise. I think it's corrupt. Corruption. <laughs> it corrupts you, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, that power that you have, and it's uh, always this the one more deal you have to make, and then I'm going to be able to make some diff- I'm going to be able to do some good. I'm going to be able to make a difference for the better. I just got to make one more sleazy deal, and eventually, it's just you know you've been there 20 years, and it's like, hey, bro, you're not making any deals. You're a sleaze bag. But, you know, it, it's uh, and and I agree with you. And uh, you look at I I happen to have. Uh, I like what the guy says. I won't go into names. But, you know, I, I was watching him, and he was making some very good points in, in one of the uh, House uh, uh, committee meetings the uh-huh. other day. And, and I really – and I've been watching him now for, I don't know, six months, ten months, whatever. But then I, I don't know why. Right in the middle of what he was saying, I, I, I looked at the guy and said, you know, this is, again, whether it's money or it's – what in what's in it for me and the guy is running not only for re-election but he's setting himself up for the for the big house you know yep. the white house and yep. uh, i you know so you I, can't necessarily trust what he's saying even no. though even though it may sound good and you might agree with it at this point he'll sell that out in two seconds if he thinks that it can get him higher offs and, and that's the problem it is. That's it a, is. There's only. I mean, it, it, I don't know if you, you'll. No, the real it. problem is we, the people, are not holding <laughs> exactly. them accountable. It's the people are holding them accountable. Because hey, David, why would you want to hold them accountable if you're dependent on them for dispensing largesse? Well, I mean, honestly, why? If you were getting, if you had an EBT card, some other bennies coming in every month, basically you could just sit around and do nothing. Why would you want to upset that apple cart? You can uh, can you? Uh, That's the problem. Can you, how many utopia situations have panned out? Utopia. Oh man, it's been tried. It's been tried. Uh, I don't think any well, of them successful. What's the Achilles always? <laughs> oh, it's it's the uh, the guy the that won't work. Yeah, the yeah the, the people. I mean, yeah. it's it's a, a person or a group of people that that won't uh, share equally in uh, you know in the burdens of the community, and then and. That breeds resentment, and and you just yeah. I don't yeah. know, uh, you know, I, I, your MOS and stuff when you were in Afghanistan, but didn't you always feel good when when the guy pulling guard duty was sound asleep? Oh man, are we, are we going to get into discussion on guard duty? No, yeah, I, I mean, we are. No, no, uh, no, no. I mean yeah, it's you the same no, thing. It's Isn't the same, it the same thing? Yeah. thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, you. Do, I mean, it's uh, hey, you, thinking is hey, listen, I stayed up, I pulled my guard shift, you know, and. Uh, you know, you need to pull your guard shift. And well, it's sort of like having a radio station depending on the host to come in oh. on time to do the show. Oh. Zing! Oh. <laughs> I was here today like I'm... five minutes before. Come on. <laughs> Kidding me. Uh, but anyways, it just uh, – it's its a sad state of affairs uh, in the Congress right now. And, I mean, it, it really, to me, you know, and, and uh, you know, this may be hyperbole, but I, I really think it's a travesty that uh, they haven't been able to come up with something uh, workable. I mean, the Senate came up with something. President said he would sign that, uh, and the, and you have Republicans in the House who, 
and again, my personal opinion here, I mean, I, I, th- I don't think the majority of them disagree with anything that's in it. They're simply trying to get as much political, make as much political hay about opposing it as they can before they end up voting on it. But the problem is this, is that time is running out. Time is running out for these people to do anything. And and the scariest part, I, I was actually ex- explaining this to a, uh, a civilian, when I say civilian, non-immigration lawyer, uh, my father last night about you know the political calculus here and everything. And the scariest part about them not acting is what it will do is that it will force the executive branch to expand its use of discretion that it has under the law uh, to – to do something about the broken immigration system, that will cause more political rancoring, uh, more political rancor in Washington than you have seen in a long time. Because you'll have the Republicans saying, "Oh, he's not following the law." Well, you know what? I'm no fan of Obama, and he's not following the law in a lot of other things. But deferred action for childhood arrivals, expanding the class of people that's available to those powers are available to him under the law. Under the Immigration and Nationality Act, he has wide discretion to defer action on cases, defer removals. And if you don't like that, then you need to change the Immigration and Nationality Act. You can't just sit back and bang the drum he's not following the law because that works in a lot of other stuff. He's breaking the law in a lot of other ways, but this would not be one of them. And uh, to me, that's the scariest thing about this is if, if the Republicans don't get their head out of their you know, fourth point of contact and uh, do something. And, and like we've said on the show here before, they have every incentive to do it because if they don't do this, they are done as a national party. I mean they are done. That we, You saw what happened to them in 2012. If the same number of uh, Hispanic voters would have voted for Romney in 2012 uh, as had voted for John McCain in 2008, Romney would have would've won the election. That number is not going to get better if the Republicans don't act on this. But if they do, it will get a lot better. Let's uh, take a quick break and come back and we'll talk about some philosophical stuff. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour and your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Uh, we finished up the last segment uh, talking a little bit about the Republicans, uh, the GOP's failure to act, um, and I just want to make uh, failure to act on immigration. I just want to make one more point that, and this is the cynic in me thinking of this stuff. David, could it be possible that the Republicans 
know how advantageous it would be for them to act on immigration reform, but are failing to do so in the hopes that Obama will act unilaterally under the law so that they can try to get or make more political hay by saying Obama is not following the law. That's possible. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Which is disgusting. If you're it's cynical, disgusting. I, what's, what's the term past cynical? Oh, man. Uh, rabid? Um, I mean, I guess past cynical, you'd be apathetic because at least cynical, like you still care enough to think about it. But apathetic would probably be a better word. Um, you know, I'm at the point that we're being played like a drum yeah. and you're you're putting it on party lines. Could it be that the Republicans would make more? You know, I'm at the point that they're there all the are same. no. Yeah, they're yeah, all the they're, same. No, no, yeah, they're all and, the same. Uh, you know, what they're going to get out of it, somebody's telling them, do it this way, and that's the way they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we again, we the people, if we don't at some point take a stand, like I was saying, you know, all the applause in the world to Bundy uh, for what he's done and what mm -hmm. he did. Mm -hmm. um, and it goes on and on. It just and, – and I – there was a time I thought I had an answer, but <laughs> I don't – I'm not even sure I got the questions anymore. That, that's that's uh, that's quite possible. But you know, it, it just it, nothing shocks me that these guys. None of their motives. No. None of their back. None of the backroom stuff. It's uh, it's all just a bunch of underhanded dealing, and and we're the victims because at the end of the day, they're taking our money to do all these schemes. Yeah, and oh, that's yeah. and that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. I mean, it's just it's it's, uh, it's uh, they take my money and spend it how they want. And if they don't have enough, they find a way to take more money. <laughs> and then they take vacations. Uh, wouldn't you like a vacation like they take? Uh, I, you know, I, I actually like to be where I, it's hard for me to leave work. But I would love to have a, you know, junket to, uh, you know, uh, Europe or actually not Europe because I don't really like Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go to the Caribbean. I'll hit up the Caribbean for a day or two. Yeah. On the on the on the corporate dime. Speaking of that, have you seen the rash of? Uh, this is going to be a total side note here. But have you seen the rash <laughs> of? Uh, of uh, I got one on my arm and on my uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. The rash of general officers that recently have been uh, reprimanded for just just ridiculous use of government funds and flying their themselves, their wives, and their staff and everything to like these. Crazy locations for conferences and things like that. I mean, it's the same thing that Michelle and Barack are doing. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But uh, you know, you would think that you know, general officers are politicians, so I, I can't really say anything else. But it's it's uh, most people think that the military is immune to that kind of stuff. There's this honor, like no senior military leaders, they're politicians too. No, you know, <laughs> I, I agree. Anything above a bird, above uh, a bird, you die. They're a politician. You're a politician. Uh, you know, this is. Uh, we had a long discussion about this, and, and I know I don't know all of your beliefs, but I know some of them, um, and, and I know Charles, and, and I, I respect both of you. Not necessarily agree, but I respect. Yeah. Um, but you know, the whole thing comes down to you elect a human, and just like you were saying, they may be the best intent in the world, but. You know, I don't know, and I, and I speak for myself. I've never been in the position, but um, I don't know what it would take to be bribed or be corrupted on a situation. I don't know. And yet that's exactly what we've got 
the, what we're electing. Mm-hmm. And we, the people, again, don't care. We don't let them care. in there. Yep. Uh, we don't. The only little itty bitty sign of caring was when your pocketbook, your ass was shocked <laughs> by Obamacare, yeah. and, and then some pe- a few people woke up. Right. Right, but that but that's ultimately but, where uh, where it goes is is yeah. when it starts to affect you in the pocketbook. And that's you it. know, you're talking about immigration, and you mentioned some stuff in uh, the first segment, I believe it was. Uh, or well, I guess it had to be, but um, you know, I, I I just saw it when you mentioned it. Ninety nine percent of the people probably had no clue what you were talking about. What was I saying? And, I and say? uh, something about. Uh, you know some of the things that uh, Obama could do are. are oh are, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, exactly. The, and the they discre- yeah. not only that they don't care. How not, many people? Yeah. You know, I, I I posted a thing on Facebook about uh, Hillary. How many people even know what Benghazi was at this point? And how many people even care? And, and nobody. And nobody. Nobody. And uh, this is this is a. You know, you hate to say, well, we're going to get what we deserve. But no, you get what you deserve. You get you what do, you, you deserve. Get, you, get, you get you get what you deserve. And I'll even go one better because I, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, and they say this: uh, one one of the co-hosts will say, "You get what you deserve," and the other one uh, says, "No, you get what you can negotiate." We're not negotiating, people. We're settling for these clown shows that are running for office. Nobody's uh, nobody's working. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs, and it, it and it you know we end up with. Uh, with you know, in the context of immigration, we end up with the, with the completely broken system that was brought to us, uh, you know, almost two decades ago in 1996, and uh, it's just gotten worse uh, since then. And it. Uh, but how many how many people how many citizens care? No, of about this issue. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you're a naturalized citizen, you probably care more than a natural born citizen, simply because you've been through the process. And and I would say the overwhelming majority of citizens, it's it's documented that the overwhelming majority of Americans uh, and that and the overwhelming majority of Americans are citizens uh, favor some sort of immigration reform, some sort of amnesty to allow good people who are here and their only crime is entering unlawfully uh, to get some sort of status. Oh, what and, did you think of Bush, Jeb Bush's statement oh, the other day? That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, but I I, uh, I think that the vast majority of Americans they care to the extent that they realize, hey, it's dumb to deport people who are hardworking and they have kids here, and their only crimes are driving without a license because they can't get a driver's license. Uh, I think the overwhelming majority of people care about it from that perspective, but I don't think they're educated. Uh, it, and this sounds critical of them, but. It's, it's not meant to be. They're just not as informed about the issue as they could be or should be uh, other than, hey, I think we should do something about this. And, and when you're not as informed as you should be, you're swayed by the political, you know, by the political sound bites because you could be in agreement with something and some, some sound bite comes along that makes you question your belief because your belief isn't based on any sort of fact or philosophy or anything. It's just based on, oh, yeah, I feel this way. And, you know, any sound bite can come along and, and change what you think. And that's, that's the problem. But I'm glad you brought up Jeb Bush because it uh, it's uh, it leads to uh, kind of a philosophical discussion here. I know we've kind of briefly touched on this in the past in terms of uh, of uh, of the law and you know your obligation to uphold it. Uh, but before we get into Jeb Bush's exact comments, uh, well, I guess this this uh, this kind of treats it collaterally here. 
There's a, there was a Washington Post op-ed that was from uh, the seventh. For, it was from last week. Uh, got a lot a lot of play, uh, you know, on social media. Um, inspired a lot of comments, you know, in the comments section uh, from you know people who are really pro uh, immigrant like myself. Uh, and then you had these just real nasty uh, anti types and you know law and order types and everything. But the, the title of the uh, of the op-ed was. Do illegal immigrants have an obligation to obey laws banning them from entering the United States? Do they? I don't. That's I don't. A, the question is sort of an oxymoron. It is, but you know what? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I do not think that they have any more of an obligation to refrain if they have a pressing moral reason to enter the United States because. They, let's 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 take the case of uh, let's let's just set it up here. Take the case of uh, let's let's set this up um, real quick, and then we'll we'll take a break after I set it up and come back and, and talk about it. But briefly, somebody who's here enters illegally, lives here for twenty years, has multiple U.S. citizen kids. All right, his kids can't petition for him because he came in without inspection. His wife is also illegal. He's picked up for his, you know, third no license offense in, you know, six years or something. And maybe he can't afford a lawyer. Ends up being deported. Because somebody like that we could probably help. But he ends up getting deported because he doesn't have a lawyer and the, and the system steamrolls him. Now he's in his home country. Let's say it's Mexico, contiguous land border. Somewhat easy to get back in. Does he, ha- does his, does the obligation he has to follow the law or the legal obligation he has outweigh the moral obligation he has to return and be with and provide for his family. And because that's what the question is, people. The, the question is, does your legal obligation or does the legal prohibition on your act, the legal prohibition on you re-entering the United States in violation of the law, does that trump your affirmative moral obligation to be with your family, uh, to provide, protect for them, and to raise your children, and 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 that's it's that's not a mischaracterization of facts. That's a quite common scenario, uh, and that's the moral and legal calculus that uh, people in this situation have to deal with. So I think it's a very interesting question, a very timely question, considering we've had more than two million people deported, uh, you know, since. Uh, uh, Obama took office, and so that's that's the context that uh, this in which this debate needs to be had. This is this is the question people should be asking themselves because when you get right down to it, violations of immigration law are civil in nature. They are consequentially, uh, le- for legal purposes, the same as speeding or failure to signal your lane change. Okay? We're not talking about heinous acts. So let's keep that question in mind here on the break. Does somebody who has a legal prohibition on action need to uphold that if they have a, an affirmative moral obligation to act? Let's take a break here on America's Web Radio on the Immigration Hour. We'll be right back. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano. 
o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour. This is Rocky Rockliffe. Chuck's still not down. I don't think he's going to make it today. Uh, we'll but you the first clue. <laughs> first clue. We still, he's still got 30 minutes. He's still got 30 minutes. But uh, I know he loves doing the show. So if he's, uh, if he's not here, then, you know, it's, uh, it's for a good reason. He's out there, uh, you know, uh, he's out there saving lives. We're in the business of saving lives, David. Little, little uh, few good men quote there for you. Anyway, before the break, uh, I, I, I kind of I posed this question: uh, Does somebody who is in a particular situation have a where there is a legal prohibition on action? Are they more obligated to follow that legal prohibition on their action or inaction than they are to? Uh, affirmatively act when there's a moral obligation to act. And, and, and the background to that is, is somebody who uh, has been deported from the United States, uh, obviously reentering the United States would be in violation of the law. There's a prohibition on that act. But they have an affirmative moral obligation to uh, be with their family. Uh, their families in the United States. They say they have a couple of kids, you know, some teenagers, uh, and his and uh, you know this individual's wife is here as well. And, and and just let me throw the 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 first argument I know I'm going to get from the law and order crowd and the you know the anti-immigrant types is oh well they can just go there. Well, it's 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 not that easy. Um, they would obviously if if that's the way you want to go about it, then I'm sure the you know and if there was an, and it was impossible for that person to come back to the United States, I'm sure they would remain separated for the for the good of the family. But there's simply no good reason not to violate the law, the prohibition on your action, to uphold your uh, your affirmative moral obligation to to be with your family. And uh, the, this uh, this situation, this this question uh, that I that I pose comes from a Washington Post op-ed. Uh, do immigrant, illegal immigrants have an obligation to obey laws banning them from entering or re-entering the United States? And it was in uh, response. I don't want to say response, but it would definitely had to do with uh, Jeb Bush's comments uh, last week uh, regarding immigration. Uh, that you know, in uh, in his words. That you know, individuals had broken the law, but it, it's not a felony, and they're they're coming here out of love to, to be with their family. I, I absolutely believe that. Uh, he uh, he went on to say that immigration vi- violations of the Immigration and Nationality Act are are a different type of crime. I mean, they're they're a, vi- a civil violation of the law. Uh, 
whose punishment is more than criminal in nature. A deportation is oftentimes much worse than a prison sentence of several years. It's, okay, uh, so they break the law. Is, okay. is there a law about coming into the United States illegally? Right. But, okay. David, we have speeding so laws. We, don't, we, okay. don't we? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do, you, do you speed? So but if do, they come in illegally, right. undocumented or right. whatever, because it's a moral issue to be with their families right. and all that, so is it against the law for them to say, okay, I, I broke the law to get into the United States. My family's starving, so I'm going to go rob a grocery store and steal food. No, but that's a completely separate issue. Right, it's a moral issue. You don't no, no, want no, your, no, no, no. You don't no, no, no. want your three-year-old no, to starve. No, no, see, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there because you're. You, this is this is what a lot of people do. The moral. So say he he d- ignores the legal obligation he has to refrain from entering, enters in violation of that legal prohibition to comply with his affirmative moral obligation to be with his family. Now, you went and say, well. Why doesn't he just break the law to feed his family and go rob a store? Because there is moral culpability associated with stealing. And that is why most people refrain from stealing, David, is because of the moral culpability associated with it. There is no moral culpability associated with violating the law simply to cross an imaginary line in the sand. Stealing food, while it may be to feed your family... Is sti- there is still moral culpability associated with that. And the moral culpability associated with acts is what makes people refrain from doing the most heinous things. David, people in this country speed every day. The only reason people don't speed, but the only reason they don't speed, they don't, they don't refrain from speeding because they have a moral obligation to do so. They refrain from speeding when they see a cop or they've gotten too many heavy traffic tickets. So you see how people violate the law when there's no moral culpability associated with such violation. And that is what the problem is with violations of immigration law. People think that the anti-immigration crowd want to lump it into, and the law and order crowd want to lump violations of immigration law into this, uh, they want to associate some sort of moral culpability with it or associate moral culpability with any violation of the law. Understood if that's what you want to do, be across the board about it. But I guarantee you're not that way for speeding. I talked enough. What's up, David? Well, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this because you don't live in in the upper class of Sandy Springs. I do right? not. I do not. I'm down with the masses. Yeah. Down but with anyway, the masses. Sandy Springs uh, does have ordinances against or, or laws against uh, – Firing a firearm within the city limits, even if it is to kill a deer uh-huh. so that you can eat. Or I think they have uh, an ordinance against trapping um, uh, Bugs Bunny for dinner. Right. And so if you're trapping that bunny for dinner to feed your family, so is that, you know. Again, how can you, are, you, are you saying you can be half pregnant? No, 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 no. David, this is what I'm saying is I think that the – and th- this is the way I conduct myself, okay? Any act or failure t- or inaction on my part, I will first address it via what is – am I morally obligated to act or morally obligated to refrain from acting? Okay. After that, after I've made my moral determination about a certain act or inaction, I will look to the legality. 
if it was morally prohibited for me to act and it's legally prohibited for me to engage in a certain act, just because my moral prohibition – but say, say this. If my moral code prohibits me from acting but that action would otherwise be legal, I'm still going to refrain from it because my moral compass tells me I should. So morality and legality are two different things. But the problem is, is so many people associate uh, – well, let's look at your Sandy Springs example. There's an ordinance says you cannot fire a gun within the city limits even if it's to feed – kill food to feed your family. OK. Now, option one, just go to Kroger or Publix. Option two, <laughs> if you really feel like you need to kill a rabbit or a deer in your backyard to feed your family and that's your only way, you have an affirmative moral obligation to provide for your family. I have no problem with you breaking that law because there is no moral culpability associated with a violation of something that is what is a fancy legal term, folks, something that is malum prohibitum. I know we've talked briefly about things uh, that are malum in se and malum prohibitum. That's uh, a legal term to classify uh, actions. Okay, things that are malum in se are things that are bad because they are bad: murder, robbery, fraud. Those things are they're they're bad because because they're they're bad. They're 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 just on their face they're wrong. Malum prohibitum is things that are bad because they have been prohibited because the state or a group of people has said. You cannot do this because we've said so. There's no moral component to things that are malum prohibitum. Things that are malum and say there are. So if you are trying to fulfill a an affirmative moral obligation, like a lot of people who are here illegally, they have to disregard or violate the law, something that is malum prohibitum. There's not there's nothing that is malum and say about crossing an imaginary line in the sand to go and be with your family or to accept employment from somebody who wants to employ you. There is no – none whatsoever, no moral culpability associated with that act. So I have no problem with the violation of that act. And so what we should do as a nation, what we should do to fix the system, not just the immigration system, but any of these other uh, – problems in our national uh, life is get rid of the things that are malum prohibitum. Stop prohibiting things and making laws for things that are dumb. Do not do that. Like speeding laws. What, why do we need to fit? Why is it 55 miles an hour? What we should do is stop making dumb speed limit laws. Everyone's violating them anyways. The only thing it's doing is making the state rich because they can give tickets out on it. The only thing illegal immigration is because it's not like if you just went to the open borders that the entire country of Mexico would come here. There's a they're already here. No, I'm <laughs> they're, they're already here. You didn't know that? No. There's there's 11 to 12 by whose accounts? I don't care. There's 11 to 12 illegal immigrants in this country. There's 6, 7 billion people in the world. Last time I checked, they're not all here. There's a certain number that come here for certain reasons. Those are defined. And it's not like if you made it – made those gave those people amnesty that everybody else and the other brother would come here. No. They come here for economic reasons. So the, the, the way to fix the system is stop making stupid rules, OK? And people won't violate laws when you don't have dumb laws. I mean it's just that simple. You can't fix stupid. No, you can't. But, you know, I, I, I go back to my point. I mean uh, – I do not think that uh, – I mean there is – and this is – this may be the, the biggest point of contention that I have with the law and order crowd that wants to get on immigration of, oh, they broke the law. They broke the law. They're lawbreakers. Listen, you're a lawbreaker. You speed. 
You change lanes without signaling. There's no moral culpability associated with that, just like there's no moral culpability associated with this. So why do we treat and, – and the problem with – the problem is if illegal immigration – Entry and staying here and everything was treated for consequence purposes the same way speeding was. You have no issue from me, none whatsoever, and I guarantee you wouldn't have an issue from 99.9 dang, – I'm going to say 100 percent of the people who are here legally because if they got picked up by ICE and all they had to do was pay a similar traffic event, two, 300 bucks, sign – they'd be like, sign me up. Sign me up. Um. You know, we we have a uh, – or I have an unusual place, I guess, to sit and look down. And and I'm not looking down my nose at anybody, but just to look at what's going on. You know, I've I've heard Charles' side of the story for many years now, five and a half years to be exact. He's somewhat opinionated. And and then I look at some other people that I respect and I listen to what they say. And I – I, it was a, I had a thing the other day. I could have taken issue with the guy, but it wasn't worth getting to me getting in an argument. Uh, he was wrong, and and he's a learned. He's an attorney, and he was wrong. And there are a lot of other attorneys along the immigration line <clears throat> that think they're informed when they aren't. As as you can look at Congress and say the exact same thing. So I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand uh, times. You know how many times that uh, immigration is just like the economy is just like a lot of other things that we aren't learned. And you know, I, I'm at the point. I really believe it or not, don't express an opinion if I don't know what I'm talking about. And many, many times, uh, I will express but put it in quotes or say mm-hmm. this is what has been said but we just don't know and immigration is is one of the areas that uh, you were talking about your 100% with the ex- you know i'd say 99.9% of the people and the the one tenth of 1% are, are immigration attorneys <laughs> that may or may not know the law yeah but most people don't know it, and 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 they they like to beat their chests and say we ought to capture them all and send them back. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're taking our food. They're doing this. They're doing as you pointed out. That's an economic uh, situation, not a not a walking across the border situation. Exactly. I, I you know, there's just so much to it that and well, people that's, just don't that, understand. That's the thing is that the, it's at the end of the day, it is a very simple issue. It's an economic one, and it has to do with the free mobility of human capital. That, that's all it is. The, the state has inserted itself uh, into it to so as to just completely pervert it. And I know we're bumping up against the break here, but I, I just want to uh, finish this segment with, with this comment. First, uh, attorneys are very often wrong. Uh, let me admit that on behalf of all my fellow attorneys who don't want to admit that. We're often wrong. But – you mentioned something. You don't make it. You don't express an opinion on something unless you, you're informed about it. Um, that's a very good. It's a, it's a very. It's a very good way to operate. The, the problem is, is that most people. It's not even that they're not informed to make the opinion. It's that they don't even have a set of principles whereby which to to judge a situation. Like because honestly, my opinion about the immigration system and and this has 
it's been refined over time, but it's the same I had before I became an immigration attorney. Is it's the way I feel about this issue has to do with the my you know uh, uh, my my philosophy and the guiding principles that I have in terms of what I think is proper for the state to do and not to do. So that's it. Um, let's take a break here on America's Web Radio and come back and I'll uh, put a bow on this thing. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio and the Immigration Hour. It's your host, Rocky Rockliffe. I don't think Chuck's making it today. We're uh, starting out the last segment here, and uh, he's a no-show. So uh, all of those that you were expecting uh, to hear him, you can uh, you can s- you switch us off. No, keep listening, folks. Keep listening. I feel like, I've said it before. I feel kind of like uh, when Chuck's and I feel a little bit like uh, Aaron Brabham on uh, the Stansbury Radio podcast, uh, how uh, – People make it deter- – their their downloads are uh, affected. Their downloads are supremely affected by whether or not the uh, the main guy is uh, is on the show. Hopefully that's not the case on this show. Uh, you guys keep downloading, keep listening. Uh, you know, download the podcast on iTunes and uh, listen live here on Tuesdays at ten on America's uh, America's Web Radio, or you can hit us up on Twitter uh, at the M Hour. But uh, we were talking uh, the, in the previous segment, you know, kind of a little more philo- not as not as much uh, you know legal stuff, but a little more more philosophical stuff. Uh, uh, you know, from this uh, op-ed that was put in the Washington Post, do illegal immigrants have an obligation to obey laws banning them from entering the United States? And uh, you know, I I think it's clear that uh, that they don't. Uh, to reiterate the, the question that I posed, is an individual who uh, entered uh, unlawfully to the United States maybe you know, more than two decades ago, came in, uh, he's got a business here, uh, he's married, unfortunately his wife doesn't have status so he can't pursue legalization through that route, he's got several kids, uh, and he ends up uh, being deported through uh, you know, really no fault of his own, minor traffic violations that uh, he couldn't afford an attorney or didn't have an attorney for some reason, and the system just ate him up and he was deported. And, and I know there's a lot of people, there might be people out there listening who think, oh, well, that's just really not plausible. And, and you know, uh, you're wrong. Okay, that happens. Uh, and 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 even if you are say, oh, well, yeah, it does happen. But you know, it's it's a one in, it's a one in a million thing. Or that doesn't happen that often. So the one is too many. 
Okay, so so you have this individual in his in his uh, home country, and we'll use Mexico for uh, for uh, simplicity's sake. And it's a contiguous land border, easy, relatively easy for him to come back in. And so he, there's a legal prohibition on his action. And does does he uh, have an obligation to uphold uh, to to refrain from entering? Essentially, uh, go with that prohibition on the on on reentering. Uh, to uh, to the detriment of the affirmative moral obligation he has to come and uh, you know provide for his family and be with his family and and I, I I'm very clear it's very clear in my mind at least that uh, he does uh, and there's no he does have the he does need to uphold that affirmative moral obligation to be with and provide for his family and and I don't think I do not uh, assign any moral culpability to a, a to what is a civil violation uh, of a stupid law of an immigration law and and I'll put it in, even in a different context uh, for all you law and order types out there uh, we we see the we see the the the, the negative externalities associated with uh, with the way the immigration laws are written and the way the system functions, you know, uh, from from uh, the benefits granting agency all the way to through the enforcement, you know, the detention bed mandate and everything, and it's uh, it's 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 horrible. So let me compare it to other. Uh, other systems in the world. Uh, let's look at South Africa and apartheid. That was the law, folks. That was the law in Germany. It was legal for you to mistreat. Jews, it was legal for you to go up and slap them. Okay, uh, Kristallnacht, uh, you know, breaking all the all their windows. Uh, you know, so acts which we look back now and ascribe, oh, wow, and ascribe just tons of moral, moral culpability to those acts were legal. So this, 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 just the the whole law is the law. You got to uphold the law. No, you ha- it's just garbage. You have to look at things from a moral perspective as well. And when you have an affirmative moral obligation to act or refrain from acting, uh, to, for at least for me, the legal calculus associated with that is, is, is already done. Uh, because as I mentioned before, if, if, if there is a moral – based on my morality, if there's a moral prohibition on my action, but that action would otherwise be legal – I'm not going to do it just because it's legal. And conversely, um, just because something is illegal doesn't mean that I will let it interfere with uh, an affirmative moral obligation to act. Uh, just like I don't think that uh, um, undocumented immigrants who are deported should refrain from entering if they have a moral obligation to re-enter. Uh, there's there's no moral culpability associated with it. And 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 to uh, to to otherwise say so is just it's either a you're not informed or you're just dumb. Okay, uh, because the the moral culpability that should be ascribed to uh, violations of the immigration and Nationality Act, civil violations, uh, should be the same that is ascribed to a speeding ticket uh, or improper lane change. How many of your friends, when you get a speeding ticket, usually people say, oh, man, I got a speeding ticket. I was going I was going 96 and a 40. Man, I was trucking. How much was that ticket, man? N- nowhere in that conversation do people does, – does either party judge the other in a moral sense? There's no moral judgment taking – but nobody's like, oh, my gosh. You got a speeding ticket. You're just one of the, just a lawbreaker. You're just a lawbreaker. Now, if you if you do have friends that do that, you might want to get some new friends because that's yeah, another another topic for another day. Get new friends, but n- nobody that, that just doesn't happen. Nobody's ascribing moral moral uh, culpability to it. And 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 the same thing kind of goes when when you have uh, say you. Say you're a U.S. citizen, or whatever. You you employ somebody who's not a citizen. 
I don't think you personally ascribe any moral culpability to that person being here legally. You're fine with them being here and you'd like to find them find a way for them to stay legally. It's only when it's when you're it's only when you're removed from the the uh, the the removed from the kind of in-your-face context of knowing a person or whatever and you get into this this philosophical debate with these law and order types of they're lawbreakers. We've got to deport all of them. Well, no. I mean are we putting all speeders in prison? No, we're not. It, that would be stupid. A, a, it's a waste of resources. Uh, B, it doesn't do anything to deter future speeding. Okay, so all you do is pay a fine, and you get the fine high enough or whatever that eventually it will might might deter some people from speeding. But this is it. The vast majority of people don't speed because they're not twenty five. They're not males that are under twenty five driving what they think to be hot cars. Okay, <laughs> I mean that's the bottom line. I used to speed all the time. I used to get a ton of tickets. I don't speed anymore because I have kids. I drive a Toyota Prius. Okay, it really doesn't have any has has nothing. I mean, part of it is that I don't want to you know have a huge fine. I don't want to deal with the, the the cost of my insurance. But it's uh it's the, nowhere in that judgment of not to speed or to actually obey the traffic laws is some notion of the moral culpability associated with it. And it's the same for people who are contemplating entering the United States without documents or remaining here without documents. They're not making a moral judgment about that act because they, they shouldn't. And and the problem here is that the consequence for the this sort of violation of the law, one that is uh, the the moral culpability of which is do is is uh, non-existent, the 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 legal consequence for it is just it's over and above what it should be. I mean, it's it's essentially saying to it would be like saying somebody who's caught for speeding that we're going to imprison you uh, for a year. Because you were speeding. Who is on board with that? Nobody. And if you are, I don't want you in charge of anything. But that's what it is when you deport somebody. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people don't, especially if you get deported to a country that doesn't have a contiguous land border with the United States or the ability, uh, you know, to you get deported to the Eastern Hemisphere or something. There's, uh, you know, that's for some people. That's a death sentence, and it's not because they're going to be persecuted or anything. All uh, you know, as soon as they get off the plane or whatever, uh, you know, in some cases it is that, but it's more just they've built a life here, they have family here, and and because of some technicality in the law that papers weren't filled out right because they didn't have an attorney, uh, you know, it, it leads to these crazy drastic consequences. You know, I, I've seen cases where you know people have applied for asylum and and you know not had an attorney, and there's been snafus with paperwork and. Some you know kids don't get included in applications and 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 it leads to disastrous consequences and uh, you know and and that is not the way this thing should be and so I, I think if people started looking at it, uh, it and most people probably already look at it in this light but for those of people who are sympathetic to uh, the plight of undocumented immigrants who've been here for a long time and just uh, other immigrants in general. Uh, <clears throat> um, you should think about violations of the immigration laws. If somebody comes up to you in an, in an argument and, and their their go to is, "Well, they're illegal. They broke the law. Can't condone it." Well, just just ask them. You know, do you condone speeding? Well, I don't really care. You know, you know, think about it differently because that's that's the type of. Uh, that's the type of uh, moral and legal calculus that, that you have to get into. And, and the reason why you should do that is because at the end of the day, immigration is an economic issue. I say it all the time. It's an economic issue. It is simply the free mobility of human capital. 
where that human capital is to be employed or would like to employ itself. They're not come. There's there's a reason that the vast majority of undocumented immigrants come here. It's to perform low skilled labor. There is a demand for it in our in our market. Okay. There's there's a provision for le- people to come here legally to do high skilled labor, and uh, that's just that's not enough. We don't we don't allow enough of those people to come in. The the determination whether or not you should be allowed into this country is can you support yourself or is somebody else willing to support you. That is it. That is it. That is the only determination that should be made. Uh, there should, and and if and if somebody can come in and support themselves, whether or not they have complied with uh, all the legal whys and wherefores and dotted all those eyes and crossed all those t's, should uh, should really not come into play. It's 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 just it's a simple issue. Uh, it's economic, and uh, you know we've got to do something about it. And I hope that the uh, Republicans, like I said earlier, get their head out of their uh, fourth point of contact and uh, come to their senses because. This thing's sitting out there for a win, and uh, I don't, you know, favor Republicans over Democrats. But uh, whoever grabs a hold of this is, is going to get the win, and and uh, I uh, I don't really care if the uh, if they're doing it because they think it benefits them politically. Uh, the number number one reason why we need to do it is because it's the right thing to do. We need to stop tearing families apart, and we need to make it easier to reunite families uh, who have been destroyed by the uh, by the removal system, uh, the deportation uh, machine we've got running in this country, and find a way easier way to uh, to unite families that are separated because of long backlogs and visas and things like that. So that's all we got today, um, David. Any final thoughts? I know you're uh, ready to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, I don't have any final thoughts. I, I just. Uh pray honestly i pray that uh, america will wake up and the citizens of america will wake up it doesn't that doesn't mean that we have to be on the same quote unquote side or anything just else be uh, just be just informed, be informed. Yep. and uh, if if you've got a relative uh, that isn't and you feel that you are then take the responsibility to help them yeah. and help them become informed and and um, Put America's well, I know what's going on. I know what's going on because I watch CNN. Yeah. Well, you know, no. you need to do some more checking. You need please. to branch out. Put put uh, on that relative's computer. Put America's Web Radio as a favorite. So when they pull on again, they'll check it Absolutely. out. They're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Okay, we'll be back next week with more of the Immigration Hour. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is America's Web Radio dot com, the best. In-